wake up, I know my dad has been up for hours already. He's so disciplined, and I know he's he's always been praying and had his quiet time. And um, even on this vacation, he's up on the beach at, at 6 a.m. in the morning to just pray and share his faith with people he meets. So that's uh, very inspiring, I think. And it's, you don't do it because anyone told you, but because it's your conviction and because you, you see your need for God and you seek your uh, emotional uh, security in Him. And uh, another thing I think of is uh, if there's anyone who could be proud of himself or be prou- prideful, that would be you. Because you're so smart and have a lot of knowledge. And... Um, you have a good job, you're good looking, you're very talented, <laughs> and everything you do, you do thoroughly and well. Like everything you put your hands on, you do perfectly, and, uh, but you still stay humble, and you hunger for righteousness and to know more about God and the Word and how to connect with other people on a deeper level. And uh, you're such an example for me. Now Alicia is going to share. <laughs> Yeah, I just wanted to say that one thing I really appreciate about you is that you always want to spend time with me and uh, you always find find new things or hobbies or interests that are on my level level that we can share and do. Um, I feel like you're always on my level and try to relate and have compassion for when I go through things and... Uh, trials. Um, I also uh, see that you're close to God and that you're, it gives me an example to follow. Um, from you, I've learned to trust in God through trials and not to give up when I'm fighting for some, something. For example, my driver's license. <laughs> Uh, I also want to thank you, Dad, for teaching me and Agnes how to act like ladies and respect ourselves and others. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. So what do you think, Rasmus? It's a good Father's Day, huh? So they, they celebrate in Sweden in November. So uh, we have given a great gift today. We've given Rasmus two Father's Days this year. So uh, I'm going to try to make sure I'm in Sweden in November so I can get a second one myself. Yes. So uh, I have some uh, pictures that I want to show you. Go ahead and turn over to Matthew chapter 6, by the way. I just want to encourage you that we're going to get there. Uh, just a couple of pictures, I guess three of them, that I want to show you. Let me, uh, sorry if I take this off just for a second. So, uh, that is a distorted picture. Is there any way to make that look more normal? It's wider than it should be. Well, maybe not. But anyway, that is the young Reese Nealon family. And uh, you can see my three boys there in the picture. There's, it's a little hard to see, especially because it's a little distorted, but there's one person in that picture who has not changed. Do we all know who that is? Yeah, it's not, it's not Father's Day, but it's, uh, yeah, it is Father's Day, but it's Mary Kay. But anyway, so uh, that's uh, about 1995. So Robbie, my oldest there, would have been, uh, what, around 10, and then Joseph around 8, David around 4 or 5. So there you go. So next picture. 
This is a little hard to see. This is my three boys grown. A lot of you know them, but not everybody does. They're all over six foot tall. They could be Swedish. I mean, they're so big. Um, big people. That's Robbie on the left, Joseph in the middle, David on the right there. This is a uh, recent picture of them. So I just wanted to show that to you. I'll, they're the ones that will be honoring me tonight. Uh, at least that's the plan anyway. Uh, we'll see how that goes. And then the, the last picture I want to show you. This is a picture of my dad. And I don't know if uh, some of you would know him. He's, uh, he's getting older now. He's uh, 87 years old. This picture is actually from when Robbie got married, my oldest son, about five years ago. So he would have been, what, 82 then. Uh, but I'm very proud of him. I honor him today. He's in Nashville. But he and my mother, as you know, are wonderful followers of Jesus. And uh, unfortunately, their health is is not great, uh, not because there's anything super wrong with them. It's just that they're 86 and 87. And, uh, you know, my understanding is that life, uh, kind of everything kind of slows down after that. So, anyway, I don't know how much longer I'm going to have my dad with me. Honestly, you know, he's at that age where every time I see him, I want to embrace that and take advantage of that because I just don't know if it will be the last time I see him or not. But a wonderful man. I wish I had time to tell you all about him, but I don't. But I do want to share with him, uh, share with you his, uh, his picture. You can take those down now. So, um, as we get into the lesson here, I did want to make a few suggestions for you, uh, fathers out there, especially if you have younger children, or if uh, you may be a future father. Uh, if your children are grown, these probably won't help you, but there's some things. These are not the kind of things you'll read in any book. Uh, these are not the kind of things you'll see in this video, but they're, they're, I'm just trying to be helpful. You know, this church, Lifeway, real life, God's way. That's what we do here. So I want to make a few suggestions to you that uh, may or may not have occurred to you. Number one suggestion, dads, is never, ever try to teach your children how to drive yourself. Dad, I can trust you. I can tell you that it's just a suggestion, but my experience was that that's just not going to go well. It's worth paying somebody else to do it. It's worth paying somebody else a lot of money to do it. Do not make that mistake and teach your children to drive yourself. Okay, another suggestion I want to make to you is that one thing, I don't know where it occurred to me. Some of you know that my mind is twisted and strange. But, um, somewhere in the law line, I figured out that every year in Father's Day in my family, we should give a Father of the Year award. So uh, we give a Father of the Year award every year on Father's Day when my family gathers. Now, I'm proud to say that I have won it every year so far. And uh, you say, well, you know, how could you? there's no competition. Well, you know, it's just good to know that there isn't any competition. And so, once again, uh, I'm hoping that when I go gather with a family tonight and we gather around, and I'm going to ask my children, they know this is part of our tradition, who's, the, who's your father of the year? And they're all going to have to respond, and it's going to be, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, the other thing I want to share with you, there's one more thing I think is very important, and some of you have not figured it out. I hope if you still have young children that you'll uh, get right on this, is that one of the other great holidays of the year is Halloween. Now, I know they don't, you, don't, you don't really celebrate that over there. It's a wonderful holiday. Basically, the idea is all the children go out to all the houses in the neighborhood, and they get candy. 
It's, it's a wonderful holiday. Uh, they don't have it in Sweden. So one of the things that I want to recommend, if you haven't done it yet, and you have children that are still at that age, or you will, is what I call the dad tax. Uh, so what happens is, I explain, it's part of being a good parent, it's part of being a good dad. I go, you guys, I want you to go out into the neighborhood, and I want you to get as much candy as possible, and then when we get back, I'm going to sit down with each one of you, and I'm going to take 10%. <laughs> It's the dad tax, right? And, you know, initially they complained. I said, sons, you know, you need to understand, the government is going to take more than that in the future when you get a job. And so uh, I, you know, it helped me to always have a good attitude about uh, about Halloween. I go, I'm going to get uh, 10%. And like the Lord, I took the first 10%. Um, I took what I wanted first. Makes sense, doesn't it? Father's Day. I wrote down a list of qualities that we might uh, come up with in the perfect dad. And uh, so I want to share those with you. What do we want in a dad? Someone who thinks we're special. Someone who's interested in us. Who watches over us. Who protects us. Who comforts us. Who teaches us stuff. Somebody who loves us. Who's affectionate. Who expresses their affection and their love for us. Somebody who has vision for us. Somebody who, a father who never gives up on us. Who always listens. Who's a safe place where we can go and tell him anything that's going on. And we know he's not going to overreact. And he's not going to condemn. And he's not going to judge us harshly. Uh, somebody who helps us navigate through life. Somebody who will guide us through life. Somebody who will push us in the uh, in the right ways. We all kind of know we need that, even though we might not appreciate it. Somebody who will discipline us and teach us right from wrong and show us in real life what, that, that there's consequences to the choices that you make. Somebody who sacrifices for us and somebody who understands us, who gets us at the deepest level. That would be a pretty awesome dad, huh? Now, you can understand why, A, we should appreciate dads, because that's a, that's a pretty, that's not even an inclusive list, is it? But here's the thing, and I think we all know it in our heart of hearts. That's the ideal. That's what we want. That's the perfect dad, but there are no dads like that. Your dad is not like that. You are not like that. I'm not like that. Those of us you will, but not in all the ways, right? I mean, maybe you can look at some of that and you go, yeah, you know, I hope you feel great about your dad. But you know, Father's Day is not a fantastic holiday. It's not a great celebration for everybody. You know that, right? And since this is real life God's way, I think we need to honor that and respect that. For some people, it's not a great day. For some people, Father's Day is a very difficult day because words that might describe their, their father, if they were being honest about it, is, I, I never knew my father. Or I barely knew my father. Or my father was absent. Or my father was distant. Or my father was unexpressive. Or my father was abusive. Or my father was unreliable. Or my father was angry. Or my father was moody. Or my father was negative. It's not a great holiday. 
for some of us and for how we feel. Now, about right now, you're probably, exactly why did I come to church today? Uh, to be reminded of the failures of my father or my own uh, failures as well. Well, stay with me. There's, uh, there's good news coming. In Matthew chapter 6, we begin reading. Initially, we'll just read one verse. And this may be a lesson today, and this may be some thoughts today that you've heard before, and it may just be a reminder, or it may be the first time you've ever heard this, and if so, there's a potential here, and what you're going to hear today, that your life will be changed. God has put in all of us, we were born with this desire, this craving, this desperate want of a father, of a good father. And we've desired it. In some cases, we've been disappointed. Jesus did something very special for us. You already knew that, but maybe you can appreciate Him even more. The Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. We're going to read chapter 6. If you don't know it, if you want to understand the Christianity, if you want to understand the message of Jesus, that's a great place to start. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. It's a little bit of a long reading. Jesus reorients the Jewish people in the faith, and He says this is what God is all about, and this is the new gospel, and this is the good news, and this is what you haven't understood that you now need to understand. And one of the things that Jesus said right in the middle, and we're going to build on this, in Matthew 6, verse 9, He says, This is how you should pray. Jesus is very practical. Jesus is very down to earth. Jesus is going to lay it out for him. Jesus is going to explain it to him. And how does He start? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name.
in its perspective, number one. There we go. Is this mic better than the one I just had? Okay. Wow. Are you guys still awake? Because maybe that helps, you know. We changed microphones three or four different times. and You know, maybe that helps. Maybe, maybe God never intended that our earthly fathers, our biological fathers, meet the needs in us that we want them to meet. Maybe it's part of the plan. And I'm not minimizing the importance of dads. And I'm not minimizing the importance of all of us who would be dads to be the best dad that we can and to lead our family spiritual and to follow God's plan because it does make a difference and it is important. But I can tell you, perfection was never part of that plan. Children understand when they grow up their fathers are not perfect. There's nothing wrong with that. That's healthy. You know, I don't want to live with that burden. When we get together with my family tonight, and we're going to have barbecue and all of that, we are not going to be celebrating my perfection. (laughs) If I was ever deluded about that, those days have long passed. Right? And you know what? When I'm honest with myself, I'm grateful for... Their fact that they still love me. Because, you know, for them to love me the way they do, and for them to respect me the way they do, and I'm sure as much as, as awesome as Agnes and Celicia are, and they're fantastic, they are already old enough to figure it out, even though everything they said was true about their dad, he is not the perfect father. Can I get an amen there? Yeah. Amen. Okay. Let the record show the girl said Amen. Only, and if you haven't figured this out yet, this will change your life. And if you have, maybe you need to be reminded. You know, maybe today what you need to do is forgive your father. Maybe you need today is release your father. Maybe he wasn't the father. And I'm not minimizing the impact that, and I'm not minimizing the negative impact that that had on your life. But maybe you understand it was never the plan, as rich as God's plan is, that your earthly, biological father would be all that you needed in a father. Because only God can be that. Mentioned only 15 times was it mentioned. Who's home? Is that somebody calling me, Frank, to wish me a happy Father's Day? No, of course, yes. I mentioned it was maybe only 15 times in the Old Testament. You know how many times God is described as a father in the New Testament? 245. And Jesus started it all. The Jews, the religious Jews, in the way they view God, and it's good that they respect God, it's good that they have reverence for God, it's good that they honor God, but they would never have thought that God could be addressed as a father. Maybe you're like me. I respect all the names of God. Every one of them is in the Bible. But my favorite name for God is Father. The name I like to hear from my own sons, you know what it is, don't you? It's Dad. When I go over there tonight to the family... You know what my three sons are going to call me? 
dad. I mean, Joseph will call me Lord Father, but he doesn't really mean that. That's just his idea of having fun. Seriously, he will. I, tell me, Mary Kay, let's just, we're going to report back next week. Joseph, at some point, maybe the first thing is, My Lord Father. But he doesn't really mean that. He understands more than any of them my imperfections. You know, they're not going to call me Reese. If they say Reese, they're talking about my three and a half year old grandson. Precious Reese. I used to think that was me, but it turns out it's not. When they say Precious Reese, Kevin, they're not talking about me. They're talking about my grandson. Yes. Thank you, Kevin. One of the reasons Jesus came, and I maybe, you know, ultimately He came to die on the cross, and ultimately He came to, to, to show us how to live, and ultimately He came to call us to repentance of sin, and He did all, but one of the things, one of the things, one of the most important things, one of the things you cannot afford to miss, is He came to show us that God is a real Father. Our Father. Our Father in Heaven. Now, we need to understand what that means. For some of us, when we pray, God is just a title. It's not a real description of how we feel about Him and how we understand Him. The other thing we say, our God in Heaven, you know, a lot of us might think, well, you know, that's the problem, you know. God is in the he- he's in heaven. He is way up there. I mean, he is so far away. I don't know where he is. I, you know, and I go. I've been up in an airplane, and I've been five miles high in the sky, and I haven't been to. I haven't gotten to heaven yet. And where is God? And he he seems distant to us. But that's not what Jesus is saying. That's not what the Jews understand when he said our God in heaven. They understood. The, the spirit world, everything that is not physical, everything that's not something you see, the air around us, the world that we live in. What Jesus is really saying is, our God is all around us. He is here. He, wherever we go, He is there with us. He's not far away. He's in the air that we breathe. He's in the space that we live in. He's right wherever we are. No matter where we are, He's right there with us. Because He's spirit and that's who He is. A better interpretation maybe of this, the way to understand it is that Jesus is saying, Dear Father who is always near us. He's there. One more scripture and then we'll close out. Look over to Matthew 7. We don't have time to read it, but Matthew 6, verse 25 through 32, Jesus continues this theme. He says, I want to tell you who God is. I want to point you to your Father in heaven. He says, you know, you don't worry about your life and what you're going to eat. God's feeding the birds of the air. If He's feeding the birds of the air. If your heavenly Father does that, why do you think He would take care of you? And the clothes, the, field, the, the, the flowers of the field, the lilies of the field, and they're beautiful. And if God can do that, why don't... If your heavenly Father does that, don't you think He cares about you? See, we got to get a new mindset. we got to get a new heart. we got to embrace it. God really cares. He's a real father. He's not far away. We don't have to, to, to beg to get his attention. Jesus is begging us to understand who God really is. doesn't make sense. Why would he take care of the birds of the, of the air and the flowers of the field and not you? Anybody got a good answer for that? No, you don't. Okay, Matthew 7. 
Let's finish up here. Again, Jesus is building on this theme. Which of you, the son asks for a bread, will give him a stone? Or he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? Okay, now those are good questions, right? Which of you would do that? Any, of you, any dads in here do that? You'd have to be pretty bad to do that. It would be, a, it would be a, just a practical joke that you would, ha ha, you know? Somebody tries to feed you plastic fruit and say, here, have an apple. <laughs> Bite into that. Wouldn't be serious. That wasn't how you do it. But here's the part that should just amaze us. If you then, though you are evil, do you see that? Though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven, your real Father, your Father who's nearby, your Father who's there everywhere you go, how much more will He give good gifts to those who ask Him? Jesus saying, look, you don't even have to be a great father. You'll give your gift, you'll give your children what they need. You'll give them the basic necessity. You'll provide for their, 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 the food that they need, the bread or the fish. Then he says something that we all gotta, it's almost like, did Jesus really say that? He said, to the good fathers. I'll be saying that to you, Rasmus, and to you, Curtis, and to you, Kevin, and to me, Reese, the good father. He says, though you are evil. That makes you step back a little bit, doesn't it? The truth is, I'm saying it another, I'm saying the same way, but I'm saying it another way. The best of us is a mess. Compared to God and the kind of father he is, none of us come close to being what we ought to be. The best of us, we are flawed. We are fallen. We are riddled with sin. I don't care how many years you've been a Christian. You know what the best description of you still is? Sinner. Evil. It's the best description of me. No wonder none of us can be what none of us can be what God is supposed to be in our life. None of us can be a real father like God. We're evil. All of us. Me personally. You know, I was reading that list of uh, earlier of why this is not a great day for some people because of their father. And I mentioned several things, and I look back at that list, and there have been times, even maybe significant periods of time, when as a father myself, I've been that, I've, I've been that for my children, unfortunately. I would say that they know their father and that they, that I've always been present, physically. But a lot of the other things on this list that make us feel maybe our relationship with our fathers is strained or negative or, or difficult if not broken, absent, distant, abusive, unreliable, angry, moody, and negative. You know what? I have been all of that at different times. 
in my children's life. Any father who has any bit of self-awareness or any bit of honesty or willingness to be honest about themselves knows the same is true about you. Here's what I want you to understand, God's, guys, dads. You're flawed. Number one, you're saved by grace. If you're a follower of Jesus. Number two, you have the opportunity to learn and grow from whatever experiences you've had. And I would like to believe that even I have a father of adult children, and even though they're not living in my household, I would like to believe, my goal at least, my dream is that even now I will be the, a better father than I ever was when they were in my house. And I hope I am. But here's the other thing I want us to understand. I think all of us dads, we need to be the best that we can be. But I want to take some pressure off of you. I want to take some pressure off of you. God never expected you, or does not expect you. He only expects you to do your best. He only expects you to try your hardest. He only expects you to pursue a path of faith. He only expects you to try to learn and grow and get better and better. You were never intended by God to meet all the needs that any of your children or anybody's children feel in what they want for a father. Only God, the Father in heaven, is what you need and what I need, and what your children need. And as I look down here at you teens here, I'm looking at a group of people, and I know most of your parents, and most of your parents are in the church, and from what I know, they're good people. Now, you may know different, but <laughs> what I know, they're good people. And I'm sure they are, and they've got a lot to commend to, to us, and they're, they're a great example in many ways. But I'm telling you right now, what you need to figure out, if you're going to make it all the way to heaven, if you're going to get your needs met, if you're going to be fulfilled from the inside, you're going to have to figure out that you have a Father in heaven who has to, who is only the one who is able to meet your needs. And your parents, if you haven't figured it already, are never going to be able to do that. And it's not just Dad. Your mother's not going to do that either. I'm talking to you, Dallas. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Well, your mother, your mother, and mothers are no different. Okay, it's not Mother's Day, so we're not talking about you. But I can say all the same things. I can say all the same things about you. Fathers, the best thing that you could teach your children is what I heard Angus and Alicia say about Rasmus, is they have showed us that he knows that he desperately needs God as a father in his life. And the best thing you can do, you don't need to be perfect. You're not going to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. You just need to be able to point your children to God and be an example of somebody who understands as well that your father didn't meet every need that they could meet in your life either and they never were intended to. Only God can do that. So the title for the sermon today is The Father You Need. The Father You Need. And that's your Father in Heaven. I hope you'll consider it. And I'll just ask you to do this, maybe in a practical way. Every day this week, if you're somebody who wants to connect with God, or when you pray, you'll start your prayer and say, Our Father in Heaven. But I don't want you to just say the words. 
I want you to stop for a moment. I want you to take as much time as you need. I want you to be able to absorb that and think about that and meditate on that and understand what you're really saying and what that really means. Because He will always be there for you. He will always listen. He will always understand. He always has vision for you. He will never give up on you. He will always teach you. He will always guide you. He will discipline you in love. He'll do all those things that you want a father to do for you. Let's pray together. God, thank you for being the father that we need. Thank you for opening our eyes so that we can realize that even the best of us are not able to be the fathers that our children need. Help us to be fathers, people who point our children towards you as the perfect father that can meet all their needs. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Have a great rest of the day.
delivered my drone set, but they just left it on the car. Right.